welcome to The Hive Podcast, a show that helps inspire you to pursue your passions and ambitions. My name is Jared Spink and I'm your host. I'm a photographer, videographer, and entrepreneur. Join me as I sit down with other entrepreneurs and creators to learn more about their process, how they've built communities around their brands, and the experiences they've had along the way. I hope that these conversations inspire you to pursue your goals. You're listening to The Hive Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the Hive Podcast. Thanks for listening and watching each and every week. I hope you guys are enjoying the the video version of the podcast, the audio version of the podcast, however you are consuming the Hive Podcast. I really do hope you guys are enjoying it. If you're listening to the Apple Podcast Player, make sure you take the time and leave a written review and a five-star review. It really does help get the show out there. But that is not what you're here for. You're here to hear me interview an amazing guest this week. This person really epitomizes what this podcast is all about, to inspire you to pursue your passions and to go out there and create whatever it is you're passionate about. And this person absolutely does that. So this week's guest is Bob Sharma joining us all the way from the UK. She is a fellow podcast pa- uh, podcaster, and I am super excited to have you on the show this week. Hey, Jared, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here, and I love the new setup. Thank you so much. Yeah, you know, you inspired this setup. So (laughs) this is all you. I have you to blame (laughs) because you do a video podcast and it really inspired me to start incorporating video into the podcast. So um, I blame you. (laughs) And if my wife is listening, I blame you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, damn. Okay. No, 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 no. (laughs) But yes, no, it's it's awesome. Video podcasts are really cool. And I'm I'm glad I inspired you. That's very cool. It's very, very nice to hear. So welcome. Welcome to the to the Hive podcast. I was on your podcast, uh, Creators Campfire, which is an amazing podcast that uh, we're going to dive into it because it, it's it's changed. You've had some different iterations of the podcast, and it's continuing to evolve, just like any creative you know endeavor. It, it evolves over time. But for our listeners that don't know about you, why don't you give us the the quick rundown of who you are? Yes. Cool. Uh, And and firstly, thank you for the very nice introduction. That was very kind of you. Um, So I am, I I like to call myself a podcaster slash YouTuber now, which is, which is kind of weird, but really cool. Uh, So yeah, like you said, I started a podcast uh, back in May last year now and kind of just went with it, but it's, it's a part-time thing for now. Unfortunately, it would be cool to take it full-time soon, but effectively it's me interviewing a bunch of amazing people every week, which is great. And recently I've been dabbling in YouTube as well to try and get that off the ground because that's probably more of an interest of mine or something I wanted to do first rather. So yeah, so I guess officially I'm a data analyst by day, but uh, I like to call myself a podcaster and YouTuber. (laughs) Absolutely, right? None of us go by what we do for an actual living. We, we, we like to call ourselves by what we, what we're passionate about. So you have this amazing podcast. You've had a ton of amazing guests. You've had, uh, Tom Buck, you've had his wife, Heather on the show separately and together, which was really cool. Um, you've had, I mean, Gerald Undone, great YouTuber, you know, you've had him on the show. So let's dive into why podcasting, how did the podcast even start? How long have you been doing it? I mean, I know that I just threw a bunch of questions at you. So let's start with how did the podcast 
start. <laughs> That's cool. I do that as well. And people are like, what did you just ask? I can't remember. Um, so yes, uh, the podcast came about, like I said, in about May last year. And basically I was just listening and consuming a bunch of Gary Vee stuff. I hadn't really heard of him before lockdown and I can't remember why I got onto him in the first place. But anyway, I, I started listening to him. He just kicked off tea with Gary Vee and it was basically in my ears whenever I could take a break. So lunch, after work, whatever. And like it was just so inspirational to hear other people come on and talk about things that, you know, they wanted to go and create and they wanted to do things and they had such passion. And he was so full of positivity as well. I just had good stuff in my ears for a month. And I was like, this is really giving me a drive. I'd wanted to be a YouTuber in the past, but never actually did anything about it. So this kind of gave me a bit of a kick up the backside, if I'm honest, and made me think that it was okay to try it. And if I failed, then that's absolutely fine. But at least I tried it. It would have been worse for me to not try it and always be wondering what if, which is definitely a, a lot harder to live with. So yeah. I was just like, okay, I don't have this passion that a lot of people have. They know exactly what they want to do. But what I could do is I could give those people a platform. So there are people that were coming on and saying, hey, I want to talk about, you know, all this stuff or get my story out there. I was like, okay, I don't have a story to, to, to get out there, but let me give you a platform to, to do it. Uh, and that's kind of how the podcast was born. It was easier than getting into nice. YouTube. It, right. It it is, but it, it is also, you know, full of its own challenges, which we'll get into. Um, so you started about a year ago. Um, now you, you're, you're breaking your podcast into seasons. What was the first season? Because the podcast has kind of changed. You know, this last season you were focusing mainly on creators and creatives, but that's not how it started originally, right? Yeah. So I guess when I started, I, I knew I couldn't go to like all the big names that I would have wanted to, to go to and reach out to. And also, even if I could, I wasn't ready. Like I had to learn, you know, learn the ropes, learn how to do it. Like, I, like the, the thought of having a podcast hadn't really entered my mind before. I didn't even know what was involved in it. So I, I knew I had to go on this learning curve myself. So originally it was still for creators, but creators in the sense of I don't do a traditional nine to five job. So somebody who had some kind of side hustle was some kind of entrepreneur. So was doing something out of the ordinary, I guess. And the reason for that is because I kind of was going through this thing where I was like, I don't want to do the corporate nine to five forever. Like I had until that point just assumed that that was the way. And I then started second guessing it and, and realizing actually that's not what I want to do and venturing out. So for me, the podcast was almost a way of speaking to these people figuring out what they do and saying, is that something I want to do or is that something I don't want to do? But it was it was great to have these conversations with people and figure out how they, you know, managed either a side hustle or created a business. So that's kind of how it started. No, that's great because, I mean, we all have our own journey and our own story, but so many of the things that we face are very much the same. Just how we go about handling them can be different. So it's so great to hear how other people handle some of the situations we all find find ourselves in, you know, so that, that's great. How, when the podcast started, because I am a gear geek, right? <laughs> I love technology and I love gear. How did it start? What did you start with? Did you have, let's say, all the bells and whistles that a lot of podcasters that we see have when you were starting or, 
or did you start with, was it very basic? You know, let's, let's go with the equipment. It was absolutely basic. It was, you know, okay. So here's the thing. I love tech too. I am totally all over the gadgets, but I wasn't like podcasting had never even crossed my mind. So some of these things were just like, what video? I don't do video. (laughs) What are you talking about? So yeah, so basic. I was still using my 2012 MacBook Air and therefore I was just using the webcam that was built into it. The one thing I did do was buy a mic and I did a little bit of research into that, but also wanted a budget option because not a lot of things I start actually stick. So I knew that if I went all out, I I could have stopped after three months. So I was like, I want something that's good enough, but isn't going to break the bank because it didn't sound like it was necessary. So I just watched a bunch of videos and bought a 60 pound mic, to be honest. (laughs) And that, that was it. Did you feel like the gear held you back? Like not having the latest and greatest held you back or were you still able to create amazing content? You know, cause I think that that holds a lot of people back, right? Like I can't afford a, a you know, a, you know, three, $400 mic. I can't afford, you know, my own audio interface, you know, that I think a lot of people get held back by the fact that they feel they need the top end stuff to get started, but you didn't have that when you got started. Did that hold back, you know, your ambition at all? Absolutely not. In fact, it was the opposite because I'm, I'm, I kind of, I'm an overthinker naturally, and it would have been very easy for me to go out and buy all the latest and greatest. But if anything, it probably would have distracted me. What I wanted to do was I needed something that was such an easy entry, like barrier to entry. I didn't, it had to be frictionless. I wanted to plug and play. And if I bought a bunch of gear, I would have spent more time trying to figure out that gear Audio doesn't come naturally to me and video isn't something I'd ever done. Um, yes, like I like taking pictures and uh, photography is cool and I am I love Apple products, but that doesn't mean I understand all the ways of creating videos or, or understand audio. So it was, I mean, I think the idea of starting a podcast and actually doing my first episode, it was a week. So for me, it was, I just need to get started. And the more I think about this, the less likely I am to do it. And that, that was, (laughs) this is great because you had essentially no experience in audio or in video. So, you know, what resources helped you kind of learn that and get started? I mean, that would hold a lot of people back. Like, Hey, I want to do this, but I know zero, nothing about audio and I know nothing about video. And here you go and launch a video podcast, (laughs) which incorporates obviously both. So what were some of the tools and resources to really help you get over that hurdle and get get the show going. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I actually did it that way because I thought it'd be the easiest option. Um, so being the incredibly and lazy, yeah, well, <laughs> well it's, it's strange because being the incredibly lazy person that I am, I was like, I don't want to do a bunch of editing. It scares me. And I don't really understand how to create a great audio podcast. I don't have the equipment. I don't have the, like, like I said, I don't want to spend time trying to figure it out. So I watched a bunch of YouTube videos about people uh, creating podcasts just on their phone and with the earphones, you know, the Apple earphones. And I was like, yeah, that sounds reasonable. Um, But I knew I wanted to interview guests, which made it different. So there was the whole, how do I interview guests, which made it a slightly different dynamic. If I wasn't interviewing people, I probably wouldn't have needed the video thing. And and that's probably where it differs for some people. But it was like, how do I get guests on and make it easy for them and easy for me? 
So that's where I decided live streaming because no, no editing involved. And it, it was great timing in the fact that the world being in lockdown meant that everybody was jumping on Zoom calls or the equivalent. And therefore, it wasn't a weird thing to say, hey, do you want to jump on a call? Uh, it was it was the norm. And it just so happened that I think Gary Vee was also live streaming his and being like, go to as many platforms as possible. And I was like, okay, well, if it's good enough for Gary Vee, it sure as hell is good enough for me. <laughs> so, Bob, did... I want to rewind us for a minute and and go back to before the podcast. Did you always kind of have a, a creative ambition? I mean, tell me about you and 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 you know, growing up. Did you were you into photography at all? Did you have any creative outlets before the podcast? So I to this day remain adamant that I have no creative bones in my body. I am not creative at all. And when people say, well, you, you kind of are, and I'm like, no, but I, I'm not like, I was, I, I can't, I was never into like drawing or massively into music, playing instruments, that kind of stuff. And that's what I associate with creativity. So growing up, I was what I'd call like the typical, just academic person. I like, don't get me wrong. I like, I wasn't clever or anything, but I was doing school and like the more mathsy, sciencey things. They, they were what appealed I'm a, I'm an account, I'm a qualified accountant by trade. Like to me, they're worlds apart. Um, I was always into tech though. I'd always loved like just computers and phones and that kind of stuff. That was my crossover. And that's why I was more comfortable with some aspects and going, you know, I can get stuck in those kind of things didn't scare me. But in terms of creativity, no, I, I, I don't think I have any of it. I, I, I can relate to that so much. And I, you know, I grew up, you know, putting, picking up the camera, putting it down through, you know, my childhood and growing up. And I've always been into photography, but I by no means ever considered myself a creative per- person at all. I mean, just like you're like, oh, creative people, like, you know, they, they, they do, you know, they enroll in drama class, like, or the art class or, or something like that. Like, that is not me. Like, I'm not taking drama and I, I am horrible I mean, I can draw a really good stick figure, but that is about, that's about it, you know? <laughs> so I can relate to that. And I think that holds a lot of people back because they don't, they don't consider themselves a creative, but they still have these creative ambitions and things they want to do. So, so it holds them, it holds them back. So I think it's really inspiring to hear that from you, someone that really does have a fantastic podcast that is really taking off. And here you, you say you didn't have a creative bone in your body, but here you are, you know, with your podcast. So how has the podcast evolved since you started? I know, I mean, I mean, look where, you know, if you're watching the video version, you, your, your video setup has, you know, been taken to the next level. It looks absolutely fantastic from when you started. Thank you. Your audio has gotten great. Now you're doing a YouTube channel. So tell me what you've learned and how you've incorporated what you've learned into the show. Yes. Okay. So this has been a journey, which is why I'm so glad I just started because had I not just started, then I would probably still be overthinking getting started. So I promise you this, the, these things take time and this is something that has been an evolution. So like, I think it was mid May that I started and it was only, so I'd done about 30 episodes before I even thought about stepping up the camera from a webcam. Um, because the most important thing for me when getting started was like at the end of the day, it's a podcast. People are turning up to listen to you. 
the live stream was a great element for those watching, but it, if the content wasn't good, it doesn't matter how good your setup is. So for someone like me who, you know, wouldn't ever be on camera at, at work, I would absolutely not even have the webcam on in meetings. It was so weird for me to do that. It's, it's just not natural for me. So I had to kind of learn being comfortable and talking to people as well. And I know we, we spoke about this when, when you joined me on mine, but as an introvert, it's not something that comes naturally and it's something that I had to learn. So that was the most important thing to begin with. But then over time, you kind of start learning different things and you kind of try and prioritize them. So audio was important being a podcast, which is why I invested in the mic. And then over time, I kind of started doing a little bit of editing in GarageBand just to make it very slightly better. Um, but over those episodes is when I figured out more about what I wanted the channel to be, the, the podcast to be. And when I realized that, hang on, A, people are enjoying this, which firstly is mind blowing and B, actually, I'm really, really enjoying this. I want to carry it on. It was then time to think about taking it to the next level. And at that point, it happened to coincide with me doing, uh, thinking about getting the YouTube stuff off the ground and doing, um, I was doing Ali Abdal's part-time YouTube Academy and there was a lot of gear talk and I was like, well, this is great because what I can do is I can invest in equipment now that I'm kind of ready to, to take this more seriously and spend that money and it serves a dual purpose. I can use it to upgrade the podcast and I can use it for YouTube videos. So that was just a lucky coincidence in terms of timing. So being a gearhead and, and you love gear, what, what upgrades have you made? What were the actual upgrades that, that you did that you invested in? I know we talked about it a little bit, um, when I was on your show, but, um, at the time you hadn't, you hadn't done those upgrades. So I'm curious what, what upgrades have you made? Cool. So the biggest one and the one that's probably making the most difference if you're watching this is the camera. I actually haven't upgraded the mic, just an FYI. That's the one piece of equipment I haven't upgraded because I think it still works absolutely fine but people tell me if it isn't, uh, but the camera. So A, from going from a, webca a webcam to any camera is probably going to make a difference, but I ended up buying the Sony a6400, which we talked about, um, and the Sigma 16 mil lens for it, which is great. So that automatically just takes great combo. it, right? It's, it's like, okay, this is cool. Um, I had already bought a Godox SL60W, but I had zero idea how to use it. Actually, that's a really good point. It's all good and well, having the equipment, but you really know how, need to know how to use it. <laughs> right. Because I had this light for over a month and I was like, I just don't get it. So, so buying a whole load of stuff and trying to do it like overnight, if it's not your thing, not a good idea. Just like baby steps and try and do one thing at a time. Uh, so yeah, don't, don't overwhelm no, yourself. No, I mean, even when I bought the camera, it was in the box for a month because I was too scared. I was like, this isn't the right time for me to mess with it. I was like, I, I, there are other things I need to focus on. So, um, but yeah, lighting, lighting, once the camera was set up, it was lighting. So it was about utilizing what I already had. So I now have a Godox over here and I bought a mini LED like quite early on. But again, I didn't really understand how to use it and how to get the best out of it. So that was just sitting around. Um, the other stuff is just like, that's a lamp over there. And yeah, it looks great. I mean, your background <laughs> looks fantastic and I see what you're doing. I see if you're watching the video version, guys, you got to go after you're done listening or watching this, um, go, go check out Bob's 
channel and uh, look at her branding colors and then look at what she's doing now because I see what you're doing. You got you got your branding colors on point. You got the like yellowish orange over one side, the blue on the other. So branding's on point. Good job. Thank you very much. It was honestly a happy coincidence, but I'm so happy with how it turned out. Oh no, take credit yeah. for it. Come on. <laughs> it, it's funny story. So I the other thing I did is I upgraded from using StreamYard to using Ecamm, which I know you use as well, which is great. Mm-hmm. But those kind of things with the camera happened all at once. So this was just before I had Tom and Heather on the show. So just before the new year and like, there was a load of stuff going on. So I knew they were coming on and I was like, right, I've got about an hour maybe. I need to make this look good because the camera is a lot less forgiving because it's it's very sharp. Right. <laughs> Unlike a webcam where you can get away with, you know, all sorts. So I just spent an hour like messing with the lights and putting them in places. But I did have a lot of help from uh, a friend. So I'm incredibly grateful to Mac if he's listening uh, for helping me because I have zero idea about lights. But yeah, just it, it turned out okay. I ended up buying an Aperture MC as well for behind the monitor. And if you are watching the video version, then that little light turned up yesterday. That's a new addition. <laughs> but yeah. It looks great. Lights are cool. And actually, it turns out lights are more important than anything else because... Yes. Yeah, because even... The most important. Right? And <laughs> I didn't, video. I didn't know this. So, sorry, I'm going off on, on, on this a lot, but... That's okay. I mean, you can make a really horrible webcam look somewhat decent. This is exactly what I was about to say is because in the last few episodes before I upgraded my camera, uh, I finally got the Godox in the right position and and the LED in the right position. I didn't have any of the background stuff, but that just automatically leveled up my webcam like on screen. Like you could see the huge difference between the video before and just having the right lighting. So lighting is daunting to get into. I definitely ignored it for a long time. But when used in the right way, really makes a difference. So I'm curious um, because you brought it up and and we're going to continue with um, how the podcast is going. But I got a quick question for you. And uh, we'll we'll call this the the selfish question because you do that on your show. (laughs) I do. Uh, Why why are you using Ecamm? Because I love Ecamm. I'm using Ecamm. I know a lot of people have started to adapt Ecamm over StreamYard. So why did you make the leap? And for those of you listening or watching, um, StreamYard and Ecamm are both live streaming platforms where you can live stream to, you know, Facebook and and YouTube, but they got a lot of extra bells and whistles. Um, I mean, I guess it's kind of like Zoom, but just like a very high, like Zoom is like a Honda and uh, Ecamm and StreamYard are like a Mercedes Benz, essentially. (laughs) Yes, that's a very good way. But why did you make the switch? Um, Okay, so to to take it back to say why I used StreamYard in the first place, uh, just to give a bit of context. So when I was looking to start and I decided I needed to live stream it, it was a case of what's the easiest way to start this? And StreamYard was so good at being able to just get me started. Like, it's kind of like the Apple product of live streaming, right? It's turn it on, press record, and you're away. And yeah, there are some extra things that you can mess around with, and they're getting better and better, and they're always introducing new things. Um, but I kind of realized that it had its limitations, and one of them was the video quality. So once I had my camera, and I knew I could go out in sort of 1080p or even 4K, 
StreamYard wouldn't have let me do that. StreamYard is 720p, which was fine when I had the webcam because that's all that was. But once I stepped up, it would have cost me sort of $50 or something to get the full HD version. And Ecamm was cheaper in that respect. And then when I looked into it more, Ecamm had a lot of extra features. But if I was just getting started, I wouldn't have gone down the Ecamm road because I think it was too overwhelming for someone like me. Makes sense. And also to anybody that um, drives a Honda, uh, Hondas are great. So really sorry about that uh, that analogy. Hondas are reliable. <laughs> Hondas are great. Yeah, exactly. And reliable, right? right? And Zoom is reliable. It's going to work. Yes. You won't get lost no. in all the bells and whistles. Um, okay. <laughs> sorry about that. That's brilliant. Oh, that's great. Um, okay. Podcast. Yes. Let's continue with podcasting. Um, how, Okay. Why live streaming? I'm, I'm really curious about that. Why record it live for people to watch live and not do what we're doing right now? Like we're recording to tape, essentially recording live, um, but we're not, you know, we're not streaming it live. So why, why did you choose that option? Yeah, I think there were a couple of things that went through my head. One was I, I didn't want to have to sit and wait for a, an hour long video to upload to YouTube. <laughs> which was the honest. And and also if I had that, I would have been way more likely to try and edit things. And I think I would have got frustrated. Um, but otherwise, there probably wasn't a lot of thought into it. I think one of the things was that I could go multi-platform. So I could get on Twitter and Facebook. And when I was starting, like I didn't have many people on, on the YouTube channel. So it was almost a way of saying, hey, I'm live. So if you were following me on Twitter, it would come up in your feed and you'd be like, oh, somebody's doing a live. I'll just click on that. And the same with Facebook. And I think that's kind of how I got my name out there with some things. So I think it worked out better. I mean, that's me assuming, but I think it was the right thing to do at that time rather than just record it. Yeah, I think that's about right. So when you edit now you do some some editing, at least on the the audio portion of the podcast that that you upload. Um, why why do you? I mean, I I fully believe in editing anything you put out there. So um, why do you edit? And what are some of the things you've noticed when editing your podcast that helps make it better? Yes. So I have to confess, when I say editing, I mean I tend to chop off the first and last minutes, um, <laughs> so okay. it doesn't sound too bad because the other thing that, that what I was doing when I was live streaming is people would turn up obviously it was a live stream and I was paying a lot of attention to the comments and kind of creating this interactive thing I mean that was when people did turn up don't get me wrong there were a lot of episodes when nobody turned up but if people did I would be taking questions and I'd be like you know we can jump into this which we did on yours as well we, we were like okay so there's questions but I think over time I realized that the chat can kind of be its own thing in the side. Um, and it's more about the interview. So if I was going back to edit those, I'd maybe cut some of that stuff out. But other than that, I don't do proper editing still. And I'm still 50-50 on this. So it actually would be interesting to get your opinion because now, that, actually, especially now you're doing the, the video version. So to me, I was like, the video version is almost the main thing and then the podcast is a supplement so if you haven't been able to check it out or you you know you're out then you can stick it on the podcast and listen to it whereas most people yourself included are like 
podcast first, <laughs> audio first, and hey, the video is a great supplement. And maybe I need to change this thinking, so it'd be good to get your view. But because of that, I didn't do a lot of extra stuff. I was like, it is what it is. And I want people to see that that's not a bad thing. Yeah, I, I think that's fine. I mean, everybody has their own way they approach whatever they're creating. And if you want to continue down the, the live version, I, I think I think that's great. That's fine. Um, but yeah, like I, my, mine is audio first. So the, the audio portion of the podcast comes first. And this is just supplemental. This is, this is the live BTS essentially of the, the podcast. You actually get to sit in and watch it being recorded live. The only thing I edit on the video is I add a, an intro in the beginning and you know, the, the Utah, <laughs> YouTube, um, you know, little thing at the end, end screen, you know, yeah. but the, the, the audio definitely goes through extensive editing, um, depending on the quality of the edit, um, the audio I get from the guest. <laughs> so, um, the better the audio, the quicker, <laughs> the quicker the edit, um, the, the worse the audio, the, the longer the edit. But, um, I mean, most of the stuff I do is making sure the conversation flows just a little bit easier when you're listening. So when you're, when you're watching a video portion of the podcast, right, you can have a little bit longer pauses in between responses and between talking because that's just normally how we talk and you can visually see the person communicating through facial gestures and hand gestures. But with an audio only, those pauses can seem a little awkward. So that's where a lot of the editing comes in. Just tightening up the audio, essentially. So That makes a lot of yeah. sense. Oh, wait, I'm interviewing yeah, you, yeah. so you can't ask me questions. Damn it, I had a follow-up. <laughs> I was like, I have another question for you. Um, but you did remind me of another point um, about um, the audio files. So when I started, I didn't actually have audio files from the guests. And I wasn't even recording my own. I was just relying on StreamYard. Now, StreamYard just gives you one audio file. There's no split tracks. So you kind of are reliant on the guest and their audio quality. So I would say, guys, it'd be great if you can wear some headphones, at least, preferably ones with a mic, um, kind of like Apple. But, you know, at that point when I was interviewing, you know, just people around me, it wasn't something that was natural to them. They weren't techies or anything like that. So it's not something that they would have. So I kind of just sucked it up effectively. And again, going back to the thing of, I don't understand audio. I wouldn't even know what to fix in GarageBand or, or Logic or whatever. Um, so yeah, there's, there's that to bear in mind, but that's another reason I think I was more heavy on the, on the video aspect of it. Yeah. So that kind of brings me to, to another question I wanted to ask you as a fellow podcaster that has a interview format podcast, essentially our podcasts are the same exact format. We, we very similar styles. What challenges do you face? Um, when you have guests on, because for me, I mean, the biggest challenge is, uh, audio, right? Not everybody records audio properly. I always have the guests record a, a separate track, a clean track to have because, because it always sounds better, but not everybody is familiar with audio, right? So that's my biggest challenge is, um, a lot of mics are recorded too hot, right? They're, they're they just got too much gain. They got the volume up too loud. I'd rather, for me, I'd rather it be a little quieter because I can boost it in post because once audio starts to clip, oof, there's there's not a whole lot you can do. But I'm curious, what challenges have you faced having guests on the show? Yeah, never had an audio clipping problem because I've never looked at it. 
<laughs> but um, so I'm still sticking to the whole one track thing and it failed me once in 30 odd episodes and I'm kind of annoyed about that but it was definitely a learning experience and maybe I should have done a bit more testing beforehand but other than that it's been okay and also it means that they don't feel like they have to record it I think two people have recorded it their, the audio on their end. And that was because I was like, okay, well, it's worth a try. One of them I did try and match up, but to my ear, it sounded the exact same as the actual output. So I was like, I'm not going to bother using it. It sounds exactly the same. Um, but in terms of challenges in general, it's just getting people on. <laughs> but, okay. but yeah, um, but otherwise... It's been, like, I've been so lucky. It's been, it's just been pretty much touch wood, smooth sailing for the most part. And I'm so incredibly grateful. Um, but yeah, I think recently I may have got a bit too big headed maybe and reached out to, to, to some more famous people and therefore, you know. That's screw, good. Goals. Yeah. Goals. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> totally fine. Well, that's great that you haven't had too many issues and uh, and maybe I oversold mine. Like I don't have that many issues. It's just uh, it takes some extra editing and that's fine. And I appreciate everybody that's come on the show and, and does their best to, you know, record audio. So we have a great, you know, sounding content for, for everybody. But I love the fact that you don't put too much thought into it. You you kind of just, you know, hit record and, and just record. And I love that. And it shows the fact that there are many different ways to podcast and to create, and you got to just find what's best for you to be able to get your content out there and, and create in a way that makes you happy and, and happy with the, with the content. Yeah. So let's talk about guests. Yeah. How do you go about getting guests on your podcast? Yes. I, from, from talking to Tom Buck, it sounds like we have a very similar process, which makes me uh, feel good. Uh, but effectively, I just kind of, grovel it's like please 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 be on my tiny little insignificant podcast that would be great um in terms of picking the people I just go out to people that are whose content I enjoy and that makes it easier because I'm being authentic when I'm, I'm emailing someone I'm saying I, I genuinely love your content hey I have a podcast it would be great if you could be on but otherwise I'm just really enjoying your podcast so uh, sorry, your, your content, so keep doing what you're doing. Um, one thing I love about the podcast is it's a great excuse to speak to amazing people, right? So if I think about all the people that I've I've spoken to that would never have happened had I not started a podcast, it's nuts. Like, we would never have met. I would never have been able to speak to, like, Gerald and Dunn or, like, met Tom and Heather. It's just it's just so crazy, and I'm I'm so grateful that like if nothing ever comes of it more than what has, I've just had the most insane, enjoyable journey. I know. It's fantastic, right? Like I look back at my guest list too, and like just like you, Gerald Undone, Tom and 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 Heather and um Peter Lingren and Danny Gewurz, like the dude's amazing. Right? And like <laughs> just makes great content. And be able to know these people and like, you know, text them occasionally or message them is like, how's it going? And, and catch up. It's just podcasting is such a great form of being able to, uh, I mean, essentially we're, we're almost like reporters. We get to meet and interview these just insane creatives because that's the focus of our, of our podcast and learn so much. It's, it's 
it's been great. So that kind of let leads me to the question I had next is like, what benefits have come from pursuing this goal of, of podcasting and, and what kind of community has come, come and, and grown around what you're creating? Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny because in the last couple of weeks, I've had like messages from, I was going to say random people, I suppose they are, but that sounded more negative than I wanted to, but like people that had, that have found my podcast, listened to it and enjoyed it. And it has absolutely blown my mind because I genuinely didn't think that people listened to it, let alone enjoyed it. And it's just, it's like the greatest feeling in the world to know that these people are taking something from it. And that what I'm doing was to- like, that just makes the whole thing totally worth it. Because from a selfish point of view, podcasting is great to meet the creators that I enjoy watching and admire and respect. But to know that that's helping other people and they can watch it and go, yeah, I'm going through the same thing. Or um, I really learned something from that podcast. Or, oh my God, yeah, me too. It's just, it's an am- amazing feeling. And I'm, it just, yeah, it makes everything absolutely worthwhile. Yeah, I think when we start, at least for me, like when you start this endeavor of podcasting, um, I mean, a lot of it is just kind of creating for yourself. Like I want to create a podcast because, well, I like enjoy podcasts. But at what point did you start to feel like, okay, I'm, I'm not just creating for myself. I'm actually creating for other people to, to learn something and to enjoy what I'm putting out there. At what point did that really start to, to, you know, be in your mindset and really hit you? It's probably only been in the last month or so, if I'm completely honest. It's obviously an aim that you set out that when you go into it, you're like, wouldn't this be amazing if people got something from it? That's kind of what I want, end game, right? The, the kind of things that I would want to listen to. But it's only recently been that I, it, I'm getting the feedback that that's actually happening. Now, don't get me wrong. There have been people along the way that say this is great. But you know when you just like, yeah, you're just saying that or really or you turned up for that guest or whatever. Um, or just being nice, to be honest. Um, but it's it started to sink in a bit more, I think, recently. And yeah, it's an incredibly good feeling. And it makes you, like I said, it just it just makes everything totally worthwhile so when you're having those days and you're just like oh what's the point you just remember and you're like that's the point that's that's why I'm doing this I'm like yeah I've created something other people are actually listening <laughs> right it's amazing um and just going back to your previous question um about the benefits the other thing I, I guess I wanted to flag was I I'm gonna call it confidence but it's that well maybe it is um the, the one thing that's come about it is that I feel so comfortable speaking on camera now or speaking to someone or even I don't feel weird hearing my own voice, which I never thought I would say. You get used to it because you hear it back so much. Right. And it's like, oh, right. Oh. I mean, that's got to be the weirdest thing because <laughs> yes. all of us, when you hear yourself, you're like, that, that's what that's what I sound like. Really? Really? But, you know, after 30 plus episodes, you kind of you kind of just get used to it and like, okay, yeah, that is how I sound. Yeah. And they, and they sound the same. It's like, yeah, of course that's how I sound. Like, why would I sound any different? Um, but yes. And I would say that all of that has led to just me being able to do this, which I never in a million years thought I'd be able to do to jump on a podcast with like yourself or even do my own and just kind of off the cuff go, yeah, I can talk about these things, which has also helped with YouTube, which is another thing that I didn't think I'd be comfortable doing, but just feels natural now. So that I think is the biggest, biggest kind of benefit, so to speak. 
So I have to ask as a fellow podcaster and someone that just went ahead and did it and just got started, uh, which I believe everybody should, like if you want to do something, just start, don't overthink it. What tips do you have for someone that wants to start a podcast? Is it too late to start a podcast? What just give us the rundown of insight that you have for someone that wants to, to start. Yes, just do it. And it might be cliche. It might be the same thing that every single person says, and it probably is, but they say it for a reason. And I, I, I think I said this, but you will, you will regret not doing it more than you regret doing it. Even if like it was a terrible failure or whatever, you're better off doing it and going, I tried that. It just wasn't for me or it didn't work than going, what if? And I couldn't, I really didn't want to live with that what if or the regret of not trying. A lot of people are held back by, oh, what will my friends think or my family think? Or, you know, I'm just starting this and it's it's completely pointless or whatever. But it's not just about the skills. Sorry, it's not just about doing something. It's the skills you learn from doing it. But also it's about doing something you enjoy. Like go and try it. You don't know what's going to come about from it. Okay, you might not become the best podcaster in the world or the biggest YouTuber, but think about all the things you will learn on that journey and come away with. It could lead to something else. Like, right? It's not about the one thing, it's about the things that come off it. The experiences, skills, the people. It's just just do it. Yeah. That that was a long-winded way of saying just do it. It's easier than you think and you should all just try. And you made a great point. Like you, you learn so much, not only from like the technical aspects of how to deal with audio or video or, or whatever your creative feel that you want to do, but you learn, you learn, there's so much like deeper things that you learn. You learn more about yourself and you gain confidence and you comfortable, you know, being comfortable with who you are. It's just, you learn so much when you pursue something you're passionate about and, and take that, that leap and that chance. So that was a great point. Exactly. Um, I'm glad. What's next for the podcast? Um, your podcast. Yes. We're taking, (laughs) we're taking a mini break, um, and should be back mid February, I hope. And fingers crossed with a little bit of a rebrand. I think it was time to step up from my very quick Canva promos that I started. And that'll, that'll be season three, right? Uh, yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah. No, (laughs) maybe I haven't decided. Are you doing seasons? Are you doing seasons? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) The reason I said yes was because I had I keep flitting and I my latest thought was yes, but I haven't actually officially decided. I had okay, so I hadn't gone into the podcast planning on doing seasons. I wanted to do a Gary V style, just full on episodes. But I realized when I got to what is now the start of season two that the direction had changed, and therefore wanted to call season one season one because anyone turning up would see a completely different kind of episode in what is now season one versus season two. Yeah, it makes sense. I have now probably narrowed it down or defined it a bit more, hence the break and stuff. It was a bit more like, let's let's go back to the drawing board here. And it could be a season three now, but I think it could easily also be an extension of season two. And if it is, then I need to understand where I'm going with the seasons. So that I still need to figure out. <laughs> but <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just another point of like why just get started. Even if you don't know a hundred percent the direction you want to go, but you have an idea, go with it. And it, who cares if it evolves over time, right? Who cares? You, yours has, mine has, 
it, it's totally fine. Right. You can so go back and I adjust all the season numbers. Like that's, that's what I did. I didn't go in with the expectation of doing seasons, but you know, it took me what, 15 minutes to go and change the episodes. Like it's, it's really not a big deal. Um, but actually that reminds me of, of one thing that I had in my head when I started. And one thing I will say to anyone, and it's a, it's a Tim, Tim Paris question, but he always asks, what would this look like if it was easy? And I think that's, for anybody looking to get started or, or putting things off or contemplating things, I think this is such a good question to ask yourself and kind of implement because like you said, it's so easy to get overwhelmed and overthink things and not act. So just say, what's the absolute most easy way I can do what it is I want to do? Let's not get you know technical with the audio if that's not your comfort zone or I, you don't need the most. because yeah, that'll come with time, right? Exactly. That's all just going to come in time. Like that 1% improvement, right? Next video, do something that's a little bit better. The one after, implement something else. You don't have to start with this amazing show. None of us started with the best show ever, right? Everybody started yeah. somewhere. And it will never be perfect. Yes. We're our own worst <laughs> critic, right? It will never, ever be perfect. There will always be aspects you want to improve. So if you think it needs to be perfect and that's what's holding you back, well, then yeah, hate to break it to you. It's never going to be perfect, guys. So just get started. Please. Yes. Well, this has been such a great conversation. It's been great talking to a fellow podcaster, learning, you know, a, a lot about you and about your show. It's been, it's been really great. I've enjoyed chatting with you. So for anybody that wants to check out your podcast, where do they go? Yeah, I guess the easiest thing to do is to type in Creators Campfire on YouTube. You should find all the live streams there. And I've started doing clips. So, you know, if you don't want to sit there for an hour, then go and check out some clips, clips see if it's for you. Otherwise, uh, I guess it's that usual line. I'm available with my podcast on the usual podcasting platforms. <laughs> I'm around somewhere. Uh, but otherwise, just on social. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at JustBarves. Come say hi. Um, and let me know that you're a listener. Well, Bob, thanks thanks for coming on the show. Jared, thank you so much for having me on. This has been amazing. I've had such a great time. Of course. Well, guys, everything will be linked down in the show notes, and I think I just cut Bob off, so sorry about that. Uh, but yeah, everything will be linked down in the show notes. Of course, if you want to check out Bob's podcast, I highly recommend you do. I mean, even I've been on it, so of course it's good. I'm just playing. It really is good. You guys got to go check it out. Anyway, I hope you have enjoyed this episode. If you have, again, don't forget to leave a rating in the Apple Podcast Player and a written review. Or if you're watching the video version, head down uh, below this video and hit that like button. Subscribe if you haven't already. And I will catch you guys in the next episode. See ya.